half the page is bullet list on the thing. Scotch tape, rubber bands, automatic <laughs> label. Like, I got so, so this ticked is- off. Welcome to another episode of the Productivity Lab, where we put the tips, tricks, and methods of getting stuff done to the test. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Mark. And today we are doing our third book review. It's episode 15, which every five episodes we do a book review. And this one is the, probably the most famous book in the productivity space, which is David Allen's Getting Things Done. But before we get to that, let's do our usual check-in on everything. So how are things going, Mark? What projects are you working on? Feeling productive, etc.? Um, things have been good. Just been just working away on on everything. So we got the Austin Podcasters newsletter, um, which you know I got to get out of my head on that. I keep trying to make it bigger than what I want it to be. So that'll be going out really soon. Um, then I'm tweaking some information that I got from the awesome Brooke. Uh, at the Good Type uh, Instagram account, uh, which uh, she runs that for lettering artists. So she helps uh, promote and show off different lettering artists around the world. Uh, so I got some great advice from her. She's amazing and awesome um, for everything that she sent over to me. So I'll be kind of enacting some of the same things for the Austin podcasters. Um, also, in the midst of kind of planning a um, kind of wine mixer for the Austin podcasters in January, but the place that we want to book has not got back to me yet, and oh, no, time really? is ticking away. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then just lots of planning for the Austin podcasters. I think I mentioned before I got like all of our uh, weekend coffee events booked. Mm. They're all booked. Yeah. Uh, they just so, haven't fully been announced, but okay. all of them are booked for all of 2020. And so now I got to uh, find dates for the Austin Fiction podcasters. Um, oh, you're organizing that too, or that you just were like a, medi- a mediator for the whole thing? Y- yes. Um, I didn't want to fully do it. I wanted assistance w- with it because I can't. <laughs> I can't run that. Thankfully, my third meetup is on hold right now, but I can't uh, run like two and a half meetups right now uh, fully with a daytime job while all the podcasts and trying to write a book. And, you know, that's a bit much. Um, So but I wanted to assist in any way. But so one of the I'm I like to have advanced things on a calendar or known. So even though it may not, you know, at least from my perspective or others' perspectives, they may not see that I've put something on a calendar yet for them to see, but I have it on my calendar, internal calendar, and I just haven't announced it yet. Right now, we're at, at this thing where it's kind of like kind of a late planning for for them. Like, hey, let's meet up this. And, and I just want to get like as much as I can on the calendar and a location and then we can worry about everything else later. So um, I'm just going to kind of spearhead that so we can get uh, a location and everything on the calendar for the Austin Fiction Podcasters so we can start meeting because it's a great community of uh-huh. people that it. don't attend the regular, not to say 
regular, but don't attend the main meetup, the the original one, I guess you can say. So yeah, that we have that. Then I'm working on my business planning stuff. Um, this oh, weekend, yeah. I'm gonna I because I have an LLC now, I have to run as an LLC. So this weekend <laughs> is my annual meeting. Unfortunately, it's not somewhere cool. But I'll be having an annual meeting with everyone in the company. That's me, myself, and I. And we're (laughs) going to decide on her budget um, and everything else and then adjourn the meeting and and put those in the books. Man, what a strange thing. It it is. Every year I got me up with myself and report to the Texas Secretary of State that I did it. (laughs) You you have to. You have to have the records because you got to show that you're actually running as a business because if you do not, even though you may be losing money every year, but even even if you don't, uh, if you don't, then they will see it as being no different from you and the entity you established. And Uh, then they could dissolve your LLC. Okay, I see. So people probably in the past made an LLC just to save on taxes. And then they end up being like, well, okay, we got to make sure people are actually running a business. So let's have them do an annual meeting and turn their meeting minutes to us. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, pe- and people set up an LLC because they're like, oh, you can just sue my LLC. Yeah. But I'll continue on my shady stuff. And I'm like, that's that's not how it works either. <laughs> um, it does add protection protection but um i mean they can dig through and say okay no you're not acting on the behalf of the company you're acting on the behalf of yourself (laughs) okay so uh so with that i mean there are rules that you still have to follow um for if you're running your llc so depends on your state as well um but i don't turn over my meeting minutes i just need to have them logged so if they ever do come okay you know i can for auditing purposes yeah Okay. And I can show I'm running as a business. I actually tweeted this um, <laughs> from my account. I tweeted and I was like, if you ever see me post anything like for running a small business, if you ever see me post anything where it's like, hey, look at this rebranding from our design studio. Mm. Like, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm the <laughs> CEO. I'm the marketing manager. I'm the product <laughs> manager. Like, I'm the writer, the editor, the you know everything. That that's all me. But I'm going to act like you know. Hey, this is from our design team. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that's that's all that I'm working on. Just trying to knock out stuff and trying to. Um, I got my new um, book here for my calendar, so it's a blank page. So I'm going full bullet journaling, and so I'm just trying to work out the different formats and how I plan out my stuff in there. I just got an awesome pencil pouch bag from a local artist named Mark Canesso. Um, and I actually have a couple of his things. It's really cool if you look inside. Not only are my pens and pencils and uh, brushes are in there, but uh, it's the inside is stitched with uh, a pencil drawing pattern that he created and everything. So mm. super cool. So I got that for, to spiff up my, um, my, uh, planning calendar. So that means <laughs> drawing out months and doodling. Yeah. And so more like the people on the bullet journal subreddit. Yeah. Where like each month at the beginning, at the end of each month, you see like dozens of posts being like, I got October spread ready. I got 2020 spread ready. Like, yeah, just like, 
people showing off their artwork they do in the journal. That will be me. That will be me. Uh, so uh, I did a something small for December, just starting out. Um, but we'll see how, you know, more creativity, what else I can do uh, with my sucky drawing. But that's enough about me. <laughs> what about you? What have you been up to? Well, even busier than me. I've been, uh, so lately, I found out that I'm much more productive with a dining room table. And we haven't had a dining room table in our new place since we moved here. Okay. Until mid-November, we had to get a old dining room table of my own that was in storage for hosting a uh, Friendsgiving that we had. Mm-hmm. And since then, Amberly and I have been using our dining room table, that kind of like placeholder dining room table until we actually get a, a good one. It's not really the best dining room table we have. But we've been using that as like a workstation on every evening. We've been trying to do work sessions where we would sit down and she'd be working on one thing. I'd be working on another because we're both side projectsaholics. That's how we go. And <laughs> that's how I spend quality time with each other by working on each, working on side projects separately. There you go. <laughs> uh, we, uh, so we've been doing that and I've been uh, doing nightly work sessions for learning Python to follow back up on that. I am now doing a course called Automate the Boring Stuff, which is recommended in the Learn Python subreddit. I'm not sure I mentioned that in the last episode or not, because I think whenever we record the last episode, I was doing a different course. I can't remember, but Automate the Boring Stuff is like the one that everybody talks about. It's like, you got to take this. Okay. So I bought it for $10 on like a Black Friday sale on Udemy, and I've been doing it since then. And I've also been doing on the... To practice my programming skills, I'm doing something called Project Euler, like the mathematician. Okay. Uh, yeah, and it's all about solving math problems using programming. You can use whatever you want as your as your preferred code of choice, your preferred language of choice. That's a pretty good yeah. practice. Yeah, I actually did it a while ago when I tried to learn Java, and I actually did it about six years ago when I first tried to learn Python. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I always get a Project Euler to kind of stretch my muscles and... I spent two days stuck in the third problem, and then the idea came to me at work. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's how you solve it. He's like, I'm a, I love math, and uh, and I think that's a great way for somebody like me to explore programming. If you're not into math, there's it's probably not the best way to go about. But the problem was like, find a way to uh, find the the large the largest prime factor of this number. So I had to find a way how to find prime factors, which is, is anybody that knows prime numbers is that they can't be divided. The whole point of a prime number is they can only be divided by themselves or one. So you can't really, you had to basically factor these numbers over and over again until you find the point where it can't factor anymore. Okay. And that's when you get to the prime factor. It's, it's all math stuff, but I found it very enjoyable, but I couldn't figure out how to get the code to work. And then it came to me while I was at work. And then I spent the rest of the night last night debugging that code because it wasn't outputting the right things. So yeah, but yeah, it's been really fun. Um, I've also been uh, brainstorming ideas for a big project I want to start working on that I may have mentioned the name of before in the past, but I think that deserves like a, a uh, project code name. I see I figure out a name one, mm. a good, uh, a good code name for it right now. We'll call it right now. The TBD one will be called projects civics. Okay, I like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's oh, yeah. going to go towards my yearly theme, which we'll discuss, I think, next episode, what our yearly themes are. Yes. Yeah, we're discussing next, uh, next episode, which people are getting a month and 10 days late into the new year, but that's because our re- recording schedule is the way it is. 
You know what? I I don't, you know, more and more I'm unsubscribing from the starting stuff on January. I'm yeah. like, you know, just start Same. it whenever. Yep. Yeah, so, so we're not starting it whenever. We've been trying to record this episode for like the past two weeks. We have like a two-week delay in this recording. Oh, yeah. So let's get to, let's get to the uh, meat of the episode. The book, the, not just the book, The Lifestyle, laid out by David Allen in 2001, I believe is the original publication date, mm-hmm. of Getting Things Done, which is a book all about how to simplify your productivity methods and actually get things done instead of floundering around all day. Yes. Yeah. So, Mark, do you want to describe this book since you just recently wrote a blog post about it? Yeah. So when when this episode goes live, I'll have a just a small um, review as well on my site, askmark.io. But outside of that, um, I mean, the this book um, is pretty much about so the synopsis, the synopsis that they write for it uh, is that. You know, the old ways of yesterday just does not work, right? And so David Allen proposes ways to have a stress-free productivity. And that's through helping people understand the reason why tasks aren't being done and then proposing solutions to help them execute and get those Mm. things done. So that's the crux of it, uh, from my point of view, of what the book is actually about. And so then he then ushers into that detail and and mm. explaining, um, I think, in nuance and tediously what those <laughs> issues are. Yeah. Uh, uh, there is a really handy diagram about the method that's laid out early on in the book, which I think could summarize the entire book and you just print this out on your desk and you just have the exact same information from the book without reading all of it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the flow chart. Yes. I have open in front of me right now. Yes. So the whole gain things done method is pretty much, all right, so somebody gives you a task or you thought of a task, what do you do? Write it down. Get off your mind right now because the thing that stresses people out is having too many tasks and thoughts in their mind at once, which I think is a great philosophy to have in life. Like mm-hmm. as soon as something comes to you, don't juggle it in your head. You're just going to forget about it. You're going to corrupt it. You're going to uh, get stressed out when you try to juggle five things in your head, etc. That just becomes too much. So the idea is just to pretty much like write it down on something that's reliable and then put it away and know that you'll get back to it later. Well, not just that. Write it down and then determine your next step actions that you need mm-hmm. to take on it, right? Yeah. Um, and because part of the reason that he, he he goes on about is that the issue is that not only do we have the task or we think of things, whether we've it's all in our head. If it's all in our head, then it's a problem because we're constantly thinking about that and wasting brain power on it. But then if we write it down, it's not just that we wrote it down, but we need to determine the next actions on it. That's so, true. Because yeah. Sometimes you be nebulous, like what you need to do so that you got to go down. So the, the flow chart, as I was talking about earlier. Starts out with just a simple box called stuff. You put the stuff in the basket. Then you ask yourself, what is this thing? The basket is just basically wherever you're holding it over your inbox, your notebook, etc., your calendar. You put it on there and you immediately get onto, is it actionable or not? Mm-hmm. If it's not actionable, you either trash it, you put it into your someday maybe folder or you file away as a reference. Like So maybe somebody gave you like a list of like all the new 
all the contact information for your office. You can't do anything with that, so put it in your reference folder. Or if it's maybe saying for like a project idea that you have that you're not prioritizing it right now, put it in your someday folder. After that, if it's an actionable thing, uh, he kind of goes on to what's the next action, and if you could do it quickly, follow the print to two minute rule, yes. like get out of the way now. Uh-huh. Otherwise, put it aside and then go down and figure out how to classify it or how to delegate it if you have to. Yes. And that's pretty much the gist of it is something comes to you, you classify it, and then you find out what the next actions are and if you could do it now or you should wait till later. It's a very simple method. Like I said, that this very diagram is, is perfect to like print out and put on your desk and then you'll always have it there and you'll always know what to do. That's the process. That's it. Yep. We can end and the episode. 300 pages. <laughs> We're done. Thank you for tuning <laughs> yeah, in right, this guys. week. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, to, but so to back up my comment about it being tedious. So that, that's the portion of it. So you can kind of, so the bad I wanted to say a little bit more. Like he gets into, this is detail. And I found out, and so one of the things I want to note is that I guess this edition or the current print yeah, we is, were the 2015 edition, which is the updated one for the digital age. Which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I, that I read somewhere that it was a complete rewrite. Whoa, it was? Yes. So Whoa, okay. I don't know oh, how it compares things. to the original. Okay, well, that's fascinating. Yeah. Maybe the original is, is better. Maybe it has <laughs> less. And I say that because it gets to the point where it gets very tedious. So it, he explains a concept or outlines a concept that he wants for you. And I'm, I'm scrolling through here. So he tells you to get the tools you need. And other books in the productivity genre that I've read... They'll just list in paragraph a few examples, mm-hmm. or they may break out into like a three <laughs> or four point bullet list to list those things. I know where you're going. <laughs> he has multiple pages detailing what you need to do. Oh my and God. And not just okay. that, half the page is bullet list on the thing, scotch tape, rubber bands, automatic <laughs> label. Like, I got so, so this ticked is- off. Yeah, okay, so uh, <laughs> as people are seeing, we have some screenshots of this book. There was a, I screenshot this thing. Uh, I, I was reading the book while I was, I was just like reading the book one day and I texted Amberly saying, like, I would not recommend this book to you. <laughs> She's like, why is that? And I wrote, and I wrote, and I quote, he's so wordy, he'll break things down into lists like on your desk you need to have these five things at all times. Then he'll spend the next few pages ex- pages explaining exactly why everything is important. And the next five pages is telling you why a labeler is just as important as a stapler. <laughs> like he will, he loves to talk. There's like 12 pages, shy. 12 pages. I just counted on the things you ne- need to get to prepare you for it. And he's explaining here's I'm, I'm exaggerating, but the, it, this is how he goes. Here's why you need a stapler, right? Yep. Here's how to use that stapler in your system. <laughs> And I'm, I think we kind of get the, the point that we need um, tools. You don't need to be explicit about it, <laughs> the type of tools that we need. I think we're smart enough to get the concept. You know, that just clicked with me. There was something that I could, I know we're kind of getting, you know, we're over our yeah. skis on this. I, or at least I am. But it just came to me. There was something that I could not point 
out about this book. Honestly, I was 50 pages into the book and I just <laughs> stopped reading. But I forced, I actually forced myself to complete it, which broke my rule of Whoa, if you're okay. not enjoying a book, <laughs> don't force yourself to do it. Let's get to confession time. I got to 50% mark on my Kindle going to it, <laughs> and I just put it down and I never picked up again. Okay. You're <laughs> not missing like three anything. Weeks ago. <laughs> you're not missing anything. I, I, now, granted, yes, the book is marked complete. So I did get to about like, after that point, after I got 50 pages in, it's like a 300-page book. I got 50 pages in. I got 47 pages according to my Kindle. Yes. And then it was like, okay, let me go here and read this. Okay. He explained the concept, and now the next few pages are in detail about how do you how to use a folder. And I'm like, I don't care about this. And so then you end up skimming. And I'm like, there's nothing yep, new I'm picking so up. Much. So I, I read the first 50 pages and I truly skimmed the remaining 250 pages <laughs> of the book. There wasn't, I mean, there was lots of nice little quotes that mm-hmm. I was grabbing or picking up in my skimming. So I was skimming enough to actually find quotes and things like that that I liked. I'm- there are good concepts. Like yeah. I have a bulletproof. I have a bulletproof. I have a bullet list that I think that of good concepts, but it could be explained in a thin like a five minute talk to somebody. Absolutely. And just <laughs> yeah. reading the book, I felt like he like like he expected that I was too stupid as a reader to understand mm-hmm. the concept, and therefore he needed to further expound upon the particulars of each and every single step and why you use sticky notes, how you can use the sticky. I'm yeah. like, okay, okay. I understand maybe executives need to learn how to use sticky notes I, because their assistants do it, but I don't, right? Um, mm. So I, I think I wasn't <laughs> the right audience for this book. I think Yeah, it, that's how I was feeling too. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So before he definitely he writes to, as an executive for executives kind of thing. He's one of those people. So yeah. the thing that made me the very first red flag I had about this book was the cover. It has a picture of David Allen on it. And mm-hmm. my rule is I never read a book if it has the person's face on the cover. Because that just kind of shows that it's not a book for me right off the bat. I don't judge a book by the cover, but that's mm. pretty consistent with those to me. Okay. Yeah, so uh, as soon as I saw his face and they come, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be a ride. He's going to talk about himself a lot. <laughs> See, if I... Uh, which he, he, he doesn't talk about himself a lot. He talks about his methods a lot, which is about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there there were some good uh, nuggets in this, I think, which is the chart that we talked about earlier, which I don't know about copyright on it. I'd like to put it in the show notes. I'll look into that. Uh, uh, we are fair use um, <laughs> of the materials. Uh, okay, we're, we are making commentary on it. We're but, making yeah. commentary on it. Yes. But, uh, but like the whole thing is like that you capture these things down, you label it, all this stuff. I've been doing this for, since I got Todoist about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. I found myself, I was inadvertently doing the getting things done system because Todoist is kind of made for that system and I just found myself doing it. Yes. And so like I, I have been like labeling things as he recommends, which is great. I have been prioritizing things. I only use two priorities levels, but I still still prioritize. Uh, there's also one thing that he talks about, which is uh, review often, which I think is a nice thing to do because mm-hmm. your to-do list can be backed up. 
as we saw in the last episode, I have like three hundred tasks on work, and a lot of them are like your template task, yeah, or they're like tasks that like uh, the the due date went away, and like within the task went away, just haven't gone back and like deleted the task yet. It's so like maybe the task is like postponed or eventually just canceled. So I that so it's good to go back and review and just like make sure that things are not piling up on your desk. Um, but you don't need to have a guy tell you for thirty pages how to review. You just need to know, okay, I review. That's the best way of doing this. I actually I end up going through a bunch of different blog posts to get the spark notes on this book after <laughs> after I gave up on it. And they basically explain everything that's explained in the first 50 pages, and that's it. Which made me realize that, that pretty much everything in this book <laughs> is laid out in the first 50 pages. Like, there's other things too, I like in it too, where mm-hmm. he talks about think about your uh, task and priorities on like different horizons, as he calls it. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a bit strange, but uh, he calls them horizons, or starting out at the ground level, which is basically, he said, like, like imagine yourself like in a building. And the further you go up, the more you could see on the horizon. And the the edge of the horizon is like what you're aiming for and you can prioritize based on that. So the ground horizon, aka the ground floor, is what needs to get done right now or really soon. Uh, horizon one, which is the first floor, mm-hmm. would be your current projects and what your short-term goals are. Mm-hmm. Horizon two, which is the second floor, is areas of focus and accountabilities. So key areas in your life, that you, like a career and health that you need to keep focused on. Uh, mm-hmm. Horizon three is goals, which are things that you intend to do in the future, or they might help define like what your projects and areas of focus are. And then horizon four is your vision, which is what your life, what you want your life to be like and how your life is going right now. And horizon five is purpose and principles, which is what you live for. Yes. I thought those are really nice thing to think about and like what what are these horizons to me and the idea is you get prioritized based on those as well yeah and i i really like that as well um because that's how i uh, plan so when i do my yearly plan right like here's the big things that i would like to accomplish this year or here's my vision for where i see myself and then i take that from the year and then i break it down and say okay what are some milestones that I can hit in achieving set goal or to move me forward to that? And I break that down to quarters. And then from quarters, I break it down to monthly. And then I do my weekly. So every week I have my review and he actually has a section uh, that that we were talking about, like what is the weekly review? Mm-hmm. And every week I sit down. I look at the things that were on my list that I wanted to do. I look at my overall monthly goal, my quarter goal, and I know what my yearly is. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, what can I do to continue to move forward on that particular goal? So that was very good. Um, Another thing that I introduced earlier that this reminded me of was the para framework. And that was simply by organizing your electronic materials uh, where you, it's para uh, stands for uh, projects, areas, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. right, resources, yeah. and archive. And the areas are the things that you want to focus on in life. So the areas that could be vacations, it can be your health, it can be your job. So I have something for writing, right? So if I go in an area for writing, well, 
writing, what does this entail? What do I want to do? But then that also links to my writing projects. Here are things that I'm doing to help reinforce this or help push this forward. So I really like that concept of having those multi-layers. It kind of helps put or ensure people um, have the proper perspective and outline for the things that they're doing because you can end up working on stuff that doesn't actually affect your long-term goals. So then the Mm -hmm. question is, why are you working on it? I have Mm -hmm. like a little sticky note on my desk that says, for business, how can I move my indie publishing business forward? And I ask myself, or I think of that that question, and I say, well, write. So, oh, am I not writing? I need to put writing on the calendar. I need Mm -hmm. to be publishing something. So I need to set dates and and do all these things to help move that forward. So I thought that was a really great framework that that he put forth and that he had in there and and a great way for people to think about the things that they're doing. Yeah. But like all this is laid out in the first 50 pages of the book and then the rest is just skimmable content for people that are just looking for like ideas or are obligated to read this book and decide to finish it <laughs> of obligation. True. <laughs> Very true. Um, and so I'm trying to scroll back here and see. So one of the things that I really liked um, that he had in there, I mean, don't get me wrong after my little rant earlier. Um Yes, I personally, I, when reading it, I felt like he thought I was too stupid to understand it. But then again, I may not, that's not to say that everyone else who reads it and enjoy it is stupid. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I just had a different expectation mm-hmm. for the book. So mm-hmm. I like more concept and I know how to implement it in a particular way. And there were many things that I was already doing. So like. Yeah, I think that that's another thing too. It's like we're both very heavily in the productivity right. sphere. So we've already heard these lessons told to us billions of times beforehand. Yeah. That just like, this is the book that's this is like the OG book for like modern productivity systems, but like you've heard it everywhere now. So, so like, look really at my intake as, bin. Oh, look at that. I have a little intake bin here. I'm showing Kyle on the camera. <laughs> oh, wait, let me see. Uh, you're in small screen. Uh, let me see again. Yeah, it's just okay, see, like, it's like a small. Yeah, it's just a, like a uh, small little uh, folder tray. Yep. Um, that you can get from anywhere. So it's just a small little tray. And what's in it is I got a book from Hootspah, uh Studios. Um, they're a design uh, 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 group. Um, I think oh, okay. they're both sisters, maybe twin sisters. Um, but I really like some of their stuff, and they had a book on business. Um, so I got that. Uh, oh, uh, Tuba Socks from Mark Canesso as well. It's a lettering font. <laughs> Socks is really cool. Um, and then I got mail and everything. So I've already had that process where this is where I put things, mm. even sticky notes of other things if I need mm. to get away. Um, and then I process that. And then it goes into my folders. It goes into the um, shredder or whatever else I need to do. Um, and, and I had to institute that when I was doing my whole living room and kitchen reorganization like dumping furniture and everything you know you put sticky notes like color sticking i need to donate this i need to trash Mm -hmm. this i need to whatever so he has like really good ideas and one thing that i was using before i got to his book was the two minute rule if you can do it within two minutes do it right that's great yeah which you spoke about in the it's kind of like in the atomic habits review 
Yes. Uh, that was basically like, if you do a have and two minutes, do it. But it's the same concept. Very same concept. Another thing that I really enjoyed, like, even with my, as we said, my little <laughs> sidetrack rant, I think that kind of derailed the direction a little bit. <laughs> um, but the book is honestly filled, uh, in my view, chock full of quotes. Like, there are so many things that I've highlighted within this book that goes beyond page 50, actually. Um, yeah. And I love, not just from the stuff that he's written that's quotable, but I also love, like, in between <laughs> the paragraphs and pages, right, that he also have quotes from many other, like, people. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I actually highlighted those a lot. Yeah. Like he was really good at selecting good quotes about productivity and like general creativity. Absolutely. I do not have any up for example right now, but I could pull up my Kindle app and try to find one. Let's see. Um, this, uh, this is one of his that I liked. Um, and it said, anything that causes you to overreact or underreact can control you and often does. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I saw some David Allen quotes on your wall with a, it's a little flow chart next to it. Uh-huh. That'd be good. That'd be a great version <laughs> of the book. Just do David Allen's uh, poster, and that's going to be the flow chart with quotes that he chooses or good quotes from the book. Yes. But yeah. Yes. But yeah, just like, I don't know why this book is so praised with how wordy he is. I feel like that a lot of people that praise it are people that read blog posts on the method and then they're like, oh, getting things done, that's great. Uh, like, I don't really see how anybody could actually enjoy this book to that extent. I, I, I guess we're just the wrong audience. Like, I think so, too. There's lots of great quotes and lots of good things. It's just, I think it was just, like you said, too wordy and mm-hmm. too explainy. Um, I think... I think this is a good book for people that are looking for that might not really know what to do for getting themselves organized task wise. Yes. And they just like need ideas. They just need to have a method. And that's like how I've heard this book using context before. They're like, oh, yeah, like I was um, I was so bad at uh, getting things done until I read the book. I'm like, oh, I actually have a system now. So I think that I think it's great for I think that's like the audience that and maybe uh, executives as well. I always think that there's like always some slight tinge of like rent by executives for executives kind of thing for books like this. Yeah. And I think that, uh, that really fits this book pretty well, but it definitely feels like a book that's written for people that just are absolutely lost and they need something to help guide them. I agree. And this will guide you a hundred percent. Like, <laughs> like I said, he will give you a list of stuff that you need to go purchase at target or wherever your nearest store is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, he, like, I just got the physical entry, the writing paper and pads, like how to use that. Like, you don't need all of this in the book. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway. Um, but no, there was, so those were some things that, that I, like, I was already using uh, some of these things. The two minute rule was new, but I, mm learned that before I even read the book. Um, I knew it was from the book um, and I've been using that. Um, and I've been using the the trays to process stuff. And that's a process that works for me, but that came, you know, naturally um, mm-hmm. as I was needing a way to kind of help 
organized stuff in such a mass way. Um, yeah. And all the email and everything and everything else. So that really helped. And it helped me know what to do. It helped me um, get things in and out to the places that they need to go. And I like that. And so I spend my bulking days. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of magazines here. So I'm, you know, throw some lo-fi music and I'm mm-hmm. going to like page through the magazines. Maybe there's something in here I like. But then I also get another idea because I do want to make a magazine sometimes. So I'm also tagging certain ones that I like. And I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. I like this magazine. I like this style. I like this paper. I like how they did that. I like how they designed this. Let me tag this and I'll highlight it and I'll stuff it away into a little archive section so that when I pop into InDesign someday, then I have reference material. So, I mean, there's, it it truly is a a good thing. Like, so for me, I think there was lots of good quotes and, and many things in a book that I was actually already doing. Um, But yeah, like you were saying, if you don't have a process, this, this book is excellent for you. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we've got a lot of our thoughts out of the way. Do you get into the final review now? Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking that we could like review. This is what we're talking about before the show that we could review this in two different tiers, one for the book itself and one for the methods proposed in the book, like what we think about them. Mm-hmm. Of course, we haven't tested the system. I guess we inadvertently have been trying out the system without knowing it for a while. Yeah. So you kind of base it off of our experiences, although our methods are probably different than, than the book. From all the product blogs we read, we probably have a similar philosophy to them. So do you want to go on, uh, do you want to go rate the book right now, Mark? The book, I gave it a promoter for it. So it's, I rated it a three in my personal oh, like notes. Okay. And, and that was, I added on the star because of the methods. So if we're, okay, right. Yeah. So if we're doing it separately. So if we're doing it separately. Yeah. Then yeah. the writing just because I wouldn't actually if we were doing this separately or if I was doing this individually on my own, I would not even rate the book because I would have never <laughs> finished a book. I would have <laughs> dropped it after 50 yep. pages. And, and I'm serious. So at most, if I did, I would give it a one for the book itself because I it, it was just too repetitive. It was too. Mm-hmm. In the weeds, um, it was just, there was just too much that didn't need to be there. It did not need to be a 300-page book. It truly yeah. did not. Um, if you got the gist of the book in 50 pages, then it needed to be a 50-page book. And it felt like one of those things where a publisher, publishers depend on word counts because uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that ties in a budget and how much it costs to print and if it's worth it. So... When you get into novels, like that's why so many people have genres with different word counts. If you're writing a mystery mm-hmm. novel, it needs to be X amount of words. I know that. Yeah. So if you're doing publishing, like if you're trying to get a publisher, don't think that your first book that you're writing, 100K words, it's not impressive. They don't care about that and they don't want that. They're going <laughs> to ask you for your particular genre to write something between 55 and 75,000 words. So I guess. Business productivity books are about 250 to 300 word or 300 pages. And I should have any words that would be. Yeah. So, uh, that's probably your, it's de- depending on how they've, um, uh, the margin of the book, mm-hmm. the size and the, the lettering 
um, that true, they chose. Yeah. We can't get an actual word count. You're between fifty-five thousand and seventy thousand words, I would imagine. So okay. it's typically like maybe you can get five hundred words per page, mm-hmm. um, and so you can kind of do the math. Um, but in, in novel writing, nonfiction stuff, that it's heavy. I, I haven't done seen too much, but there still is a word count. So mm-hmm. I feel like he had fifty pages. And I'm not trying to disparage anyone's writing, but I feel like he has 50 pages and the publisher's like, we need more. Or his agent was like, we need more. And so he added 250 pages. So he started writing about why Stapler's unemployment for three pages. Exactly. Just to get that word count. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like a student trying to turn in their exam and like, well, it's five. It's, it's okay. We got to have you write down like a final essay of 5,000 words. And like, well, I could explain this in 2000, but I guess I'll just use... I just stop using contractions and then go from there. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So to get back to the point, if I was, if I was to rate this book, I would rate the book a one. Mm -hmm. If you forced me to give a rating, because otherwise I would have never finished this book if we weren't reviewing it. Right. I I would have never finished a book and I broke my rule of forcing myself to read the book and to then skim the book um, so if I don't like it and don't finish, typically I, I don't even write a review for it. I just won't rate it. Um, I'll just add it like on my Goodreads. I'll just put it to, I dropped this book, uh, <laughs> section. Um, really. yeah, I wouldn't even rate it. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, but if I had to, it, it will be, I will put the book a one, but then I would bring up and put the methods, for me, I would put the methods at three, just average methods. There was nothing mm. beyond the pill that I super learned. Um, mm. The only thing that, you know, I would probably bump it up to a four if, if I really like the two minute, but I'm going to keep it at a three. There, I mean, th- it feels like common sense. Yes, if you don't know anything, the problem is, is that I think when a lot of people think about being productive and productivity, they don't realize they have a system that actually works and everything else, and but they just haven't spent the time to review what they're actually mm. doing. He, I mean, he painstakingly walks you through it, what you're doing. You're like, oh, yeah. And, and there's nothing new. It's just common sense, it feels. But then who determines that, that this particular sense is common? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it just feels this is just natural things that you do in work. These are things that you learn to do in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. To automate manual tasks and things that you need to to whatever. And it's nothing groundbreaking, I feel, especially in comparison to the other books that we've reviewed and that I've read. Um, I didn't feel like anything was groundbreaking. So a one overall for the book because I truly forced myself to finish it. <laughs> and uh, for the methods, I would I will put it at a three. What about you? Yeah, so for <laughs> me, this book, uh, you pretty much said what, what I've been thinking, but I will say, I'll add, add one more com- one more comment. This book was more painful to me than Cold Showers. This is yeah. my mobile mo- my mobile Chrome. I dropped out halfway through. You know? Because I, <laughs> I found myself actively... Okay, so I wrote this down. I wrote this down as my final verdict. I'm going to quote myself when I wrote this. I got more things done trying to avoid this book than actually reading it. <laughs> <laughs> One out of five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I would rather take a co-chair than read this book. Because <laughs> yeah. 
cold shower to get out of the way. This book's in your life until all 300 pages are done. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I did find myself trying to find excuses not to read it. So <laughs> that's when I realized I, I think it's getting more things done uh, trying to avoid the book than actually reading it. If so I give the book a one out of five. And I give the methods, though, a four out of five okay. because I've heard a lot of praise for them. Yeah. And whenever you actually kind of look at the distilled version from like blog posts, they, they're pretty solid. Like they're pretty good basic mm-hmm. core principles to have in your system. Yes. So I give the system four out of five, and this book was horrible. And I wish I could return it on Kindle, but I can't. So, David Allen, you get your $14 from me. <laughs> that is true. Like, I, you know, I'm going to start using the library. I'm not too sure. <laughs> Seriously, this book, this is changed my opinion on, on using the library versus buying books on Kindle. <laughs> if if I'm if I'm being real, like there there were times where I was sitting at sitting reading, and I'm like, why am I effing reading this book? <laughs> I, like I I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did. So, have there you have it. it. So yeah, that's our that's our thoughts on the gold standard of productivity <laughs> books. Uh, if this is a gold standard, then everything else is platinum and diamonds. <laughs> It's the opposite of Atomic Habits, this book. That Atomic Habits, I didn't want that book to end. This one, I'm like, okay, please end. Please end. All right, well, let's get on to the next order of business, what we're doing next. Uh, on the next episode, we are going to also take it a bit easy. Since this is a busy time of the year for us, we can't really have time to like really do challenges because it's Christmas time, mm-hmm. which means a lot of traveling and Family stuff, at least for me. I know that you're staying here in Austin, Mark. Oh, which yeah. Is, sounds nice. <laughs> Still got to work, time to do. I don't have any time to do any kind of uh, any kind of challenges while I'm doing all that. So what we'll be doing on our next episode is talking about our kind of our themes and focus for the next year. Not necessarily a resolution. Themes are different than resolutions. We'll get to that in the next episode. Uh, but in the just themes are pretty much like, how do you want your year to go without actually giving specific about it? Mm-hmm. So you're just like, okay, is this thing close to my theme or not? And that's like how you measure your goals. So that's what the theme is. It's talked a lot. I think it started out from the podcast Cortex and it kind of bled over to other Relay FM shows since I listen to a lot of Relay FM shows. And now they have a whole thing now called the themesystem.com, which kind of lays out the ideas, which I'll link into the show notes. Interesting. Or we'll link into the show notes since Mark is publishing this episode. <laughs> The Theme System Journal, like is the name of the website. I'll just write that down so you, you can Google it yourself, Mark. <laughs> All right. So that's our themesystem.com. Uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about what our themes are for the next year and uh, how we plan on focusing about those. And then we'll get on to our regular scheduled challenges after that. So in the meantime, where can people follow you, Mark? You can follow me on the Twitter. <laughs> Warning, sometimes I go on rant. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at AskMarkIO. And um, my non-blog that I'm not updating, that I should be updating, but I will be updating at AskMark.io. And where can they find you, Kyle? You could find me at, or you could find me on Instagram and Twitter at KyleSQ9. And I'm actually, I'm actually uh, rebooting a old Instagram of mine that was a side project Instagram, which is for all the cool street art I found find around Austin. I oh, love yeah. street art. Street art and graffiti art are probably my favorite forms of artwork out there. You could find me with that other side projects. 
of cool street art I find around Austin. I try to find street art if I'm driving around or going for a walk or going for a run. I'll stop and take a photo of it and post it there. I don't normally post the location because I think that sometimes like it's kind of sacred to the artist to like, have them like just have people stumble upon it. So I'll just kind of give a vague idea of where it is and you got to find it from there. And that is at atx.streetart, that, which is at atx.streetart on Instagram. I hope to publish more on there. There might be some Denver photos for my visit to see my family. I will occasionally throw in other cities there, but it's mostly all, all Austin, Texas-based street artists. Yep. Where can they find us, Mark? They can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Productive Lab. And you can uh, catch everything that we've mentioned, all the show notes on our website at theproductivitylab.show or tpl.show for short. That's it. So stay Stay productive. Stay Stay productive. productive. (laughs) You can meet one of our checks there. (laughs) I wasn't sure if you were going to say it or me. I love it. We said it at the same time, so we're keeping that.